We're rolling. Losing the gains, bro. No, you're not losing. <laughs> this is a good introduction. Losing the gains in the quarantine. <laughs> right, I mean, uh, we are doing the the impossible to preserve our gains. Absolutely, that's the priority, man. Yeah, man. Every day I do my chicken curls with two chickens in each arm, <laughs> pounding them biceps. I do it with like two cans of chickpeas instead. <laughs> Chickpeas for gains, man. Chickpeas overload. How you doing today, my friend? No bad, no bad. Life is good. Try to stay positive in uh, self-isolation. Well, you said not bad twice, so I'm guessing two negatives make it positive. So That's you're right. actually pretty good. That's right. Yeah, just like it's all about the mindset, man. As usual, try to stay positive, being optimistic. We're soon gonna be out of this, and um, yeah, today I I like to talk about nutrition. Of course, I mean, uh, we study sport and exercise nutrition at Westminster University. Mm-hmm. Now it's just on the online modality. So it's not <laughs> like we used to go to the lab every week. Now it's a bit different, yeah. isn't it? I have my own lab at home. I call it the kitchen. Yeah. Here we go. Yeah, <laughs> That's good. That's good. Actually. That's right. I make the spaghetto happen. The spaghetto. Quarantine spaghetto. <laughs> Yeah, in before the Italian people come here and say like, eh, you don't know how to speak Italian, bro. You can't say spaghetto. <laughs> I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, nutrition and self-isolation. I mean, it could be actually interesting in terms of like, um, of course, we don't have the ingredients availability in our cupboard as we or in our fridge and freezer as we used to. Uh, the trips to the grocery stores are not as frequent as they used to yeah uh, so sometimes i mean people have really limited ingredients and they tend to eat the same stuff all over again just because they don't know how to you know use these ingredients to make some uh, interesting dishes and nutritious uh, dishes so of course i mean you are an expert in uh, <laughs> cooking you're a chef a proper chef uh, a fit chef so you know what it's how you good. gonna what you're doing at the moment i mean what what your you know favorite meals and uh are you dealing with the lack of uh, ingredients in your in your kitchen uh to make still some delicious dishes oh man uh i appreciate the, the kind words um for the listeners out there i do have uh, an undergrad in cookery and food production i did work uh, at some restaurants uh, as uh, not the main chef, but I did work uh, as a head chef of my department, which was the, the pool kitchen for some of you wondering. Um, and uh, I've been cooking, you know, since I was pretty much six years old, I think. You're the gain um, chef. The gains <laughs> <yeah>. chef. <laughs> the gains chef is <laughs> a cool name. I'll take it. Uh, but, you know, everything you said is, unfortunately, it is true. Like uh, the access we have to food is limited um we don't go as often you know to grocery shopping as we used to for instance uh here at my place we're going once a week and mm-hmm. we're trying to stock up on what we can the yeah. issue is uh every week is different in terms of access we have so this week there was no meat or fish mm. um which means we'll have to adapt and for some people uh that you know they don't cook on the regular they might be like, oh, you know what? Fuck it. It's time to Uber Eats or Deliveroo, whatever you have at your place. Yeah. And just eat, you know, eat pizza, which is, you know, it's it's okay. Like we're doing quarantine. No one expects you to be perfect. Mm-hmm. If you do want to have takeout every now and then, uh, you know, do pizza it. Pizza is good, man. Pizza is good. It, pizza really is Italian. Good. You should eat pizza, pizza yeah. every week. Yeah, no I mean, I'm, I'm talking to an Italian, so I need to, to say, you know, good Don't stuff say about Italian nothing food. Nothing bad about pizza because I'm going to be very upset otherwise. Yeah, no pineapple on pizza, though. No pineapple, really... please. No, that's not pizza. Yeah, yeah. That's, no, just need to make that clear. No <laughs> pineapple on pizza or you're out of the podcast. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> but, um, I mean, I'll give you a good example. So, if, if you don't have access to the main things like fish, uh, not eggs, I mean, hopefully you do have eggs, but fish and meat, what can you do? And then there's this, you know, People always say you should eat your vegetables, you should eat your fruit. And you know what's funny, and I've been seeing a lot of Instagram stories on this, and people have been telling me the same, like in a lot of different places in the world, not just in Portugal, not just in the UK, but uh, most cupboard items are uh, sold out. 
mm-hmm. but there's no shortage of fruits and vegetables. And again, this is completely uh, just, just anecdotal. This mm-hmm. is what I've been seeing. But it does make a fair point to what uh, my experience tells me is, you know, cooking and, and a nutritionist, which is people mm-hmm. don't really care about vegetables and fruits. Mm. And, and in this case, but it's not all vegetables and fruits. For instance, uh, chickpeas, especially canned chickpeas and beans, they're pretty much sold out here in Portugal. And if I remember, uh, at least in North London where I was living, they were selling out pretty fast as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is again completely normal. If people don't have meat or fish, they'll go to the next best thing, which is you know canned food. Also good. The thing is, like with everything in life, you need to kind of have a bit of variety in your diet, not just for your you know physical sake, but mental sake as well. Because yeah. if you're always eating the same things, like if you're always eating the spaghetto, <laughs> you're gonna go crazy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'll tell you what. This, a lot of people might be saying, no, it, it doesn't work like that. But if I say you can eat pizza today, you can eat pizza tomorrow, and you can eat pizza for the rest of the quarantine, I know some people would be like, hell yeah, I love it. <laughs> yeah. For me personally, I'd be like, okay, let's see how this goes. One day, cool. Two days, cool. Three days, I'd probably be like, uh, I'm not so sure. Yeah. At the end of the month, I'd be like, who am I? Sure. <laughs> I, <don't, laughs> I? I find this as a great opportunity to cook and develop a bit more of my skill set when it comes to cooking mm. but i can't imagine that a lot of people you know when people don't like training and you ask them you know let's start working out four times a week people probably be like uh nope but if you tell someone to increase their daily steps they might be like okay that i can do and yep. then you can say well you've increased your daily steps now let's try adding uh, a jog or a run once a week mm. and then you slightly amp up the what you're asking of them until eventually they reach the end goal that you imagine for them of working out four times a week. I think it's the same thing with cooking. Mm-hmm. People think that when they have to cook, it's this huge, like, what the actual F is going on. I don't know how to cook. I don't know where to start. And it's just a lot of work, a lot of hassle for something I can buy that's already pre-cooked and I only need to stuff it in the oven or the microwave and it tastes just as good because that, I mean, we've all had that friend or if you're listening and you are that friend that says, I can't cook because it tastes like, you know, (laughs) (laughs) then it's the perfect time to, you know, develop your skill set. I think that a very essential skill is... If especially if you're living on your own, if you learn how to cook, if you learn how to identify foods that work well with you, you will not just be learning the skill of actually cooking. You'll be contributing contributing to your overall health. And you know, again, I'm biased, but I could bet that you will also have a lot of fun in the process because it is fun. Uh, I mean, I have a challenge that I do every now and then where I go to the grocery, sh- uh, yeah, when I go grocery shopping, I go like, what's one ingredient that if I look at it, I have zero idea what to do with it. Mm-hmm. And I grab that ingredient on purpose because I want to challenge myself to actually come up with something. And I'll be honest, sometimes it's incredible and sometimes it's like, eh. mm-hmm. sometimes you go like, um, okay, uh, that's a failed experiment. Maybe next time I'll, I'll do better. But I, I learned something from it and I learned how to, uh, you know, I add a tool to my arsenal. I add a new ingredient. Yeah. I, I know what to do with it. And so, again, I'm already talking a lot. I promise I will shut up in the future. The main thing, the main recommendations I would, you know, like to tell people is when you think about a meal, if you're talking about just nutritionally and also trying to, you know, get some flavor going on, you need to consider you know, the usual proteins, carbs, and fats. And the way it starts is, do you know what a protein is? Do you know where to find it? Mm-hmm. If, if you say, oh yeah, proteins in fish and meat, well, what happens when you don't have access to fish and meat? Because they're protein in a lot of other sources, and if you fail to recognize them, then you might be, you know, shooting yourself in the foot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've heard people tell me before that they eat a lot of avocado because avocado is a great source of protein. And, you know, yeah, I mean, that's the initial reaction, right? Because when mm-hmm. you know, you can't help but, you know, smile or laughing. 
But some people actually believe that avocado is a great source of protein. So imagine every single morning, again, guys, avocado is, is great, a great source of monounsaturated fats, but it's not good for protein. There, if your goal is to eat avocado for muscle building, it might not be the most effective tool. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, it's Definitely. like uh, <laughs> using a screwdriver to uh, on a nail or something like that. It's just not the right tool for the job. Yeah. Um, and I, I find the same happens in cooking, right? If if you have the ingredients, you don't you don't need to look at it as a robot or as a machine, but I like to look at it as a game. If um, having a a training session again, we're in, we're quarantining, so that's gonna have a different impact on what we sh- how we should eat. But uh, usually, if I'm gonna say a heavy leg day, a very demanding physical day, then I know that to perform well, I probably want to get some carbs in before I train. And then I think, okay, what are good carb sources? And then you need to you know it helps if you take in consideration are all carbs gonna have the same effect on me? Uh, to boost my performance say if you want to eat a big bowl of beans before doing heavy sets of squats that might not be the best source of carbohydrates because well fart city population (laughs) you you know (laughs) Uh, and and please you know feel free to interrupt me and and say if i'm just talking gibberish or if this makes sense no no it may it makes total sense um you know absolutely i mean i'm i'm plant-based and a plant-based athlete so you know, I eat a lot of beans, a lot of legumes and pulses. Uh, I would definitely avoid, you know, having like a large quantity of beans or, you know, pulses just before a heavy squat day. Yeah. Or at least, I mean, it would be like a portion of my I don't know, bowl uh, or my meal or my dish, but not definitely uh, the big bulk of carbohydrates for before that session, for sure. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we learn from personal experience as well, you know. It's it's not always as easy to tell someone, uh, don't do this. And they'll be like, why? And sometimes the best answer is, you know what? Try it for yourself and mm-hmm. then draw your own conclusions. Exactly. Experimenting. Uh, experimenting because, uh, again, even like for the legumes and pulses, it might be just a matter of getting your, um, your gut used to uh, this mm-hmm. new source of fiber and higher quantity of fiber compared to like a diet that is uh, mainly uh, based on uh, you know animal products uh, and of course I mean it's always a good idea also to consider other sources of, of protein so not just substituting uh, you know the, the meat and fish with uh, legumes because otherwise you need like large amount of you know beans and chickpeas in order to get to the same amount of protein true yeah definitely and and coming back to the original question when when you start understanding how food works or where you can get the certain nutrients you can start building your own dishes without actually having to do it in a traditional way you know so to speak so instead of having the usual fish and potatoes or meats and rice or meat and potatoes or carbs and protein or something like that you can actually do a bit of a mix especially i mean you you have tons of experience with that being a plant-based athlete Mm -hmm. but i'll give you a quick example yesterday um i realized i had no fish uh no meat luckily i did have some eggs uh in my fridge and um again i thought okay what can i cook with this Mm -hmm. I had some carrots, some zucchini, um, you know, garlic and onion is probably in every Portuguese and hopefully Italian's cupboard. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, and I thought, okay, let's let's do an omelet, like a makeshift omelet or something. So I just, oh, and I did have a bit of sh- uh, leftover uh, chorizo, you know. Mm-hmm. Shout out to the Portuguese chorizo because it's simply pretty good and it gives a lot of flavor to any any dish. Is it better than the Spanish one? Or? And there's always, you know, that's a great question because as a Portuguese, I'll be like, yeah, sure. <laughs> but um, it depends. Like there's very good quality Spanish chorizo and there's very good quality um, Portuguese chorizo. The thing is, whenever someone... Uh, usually in the UK or the US, whenever they say chorizo, they usually say Spanish chorizo, mm. and that just triggers me because it's almost like chorizo is just a Spanish thing, uh-huh. but it's not. Yeah. <laughs> but that's a, a completely like uh, uh, off topic there. But um, again, <laughs> I, I just 
had a bit of olive oil again very uh very portuguese very spanish very mediterranean Mm -hmm. so a bit of olive oil you can use whatever fat you'd like just put a bit of chorizo there a bit of onions let it all you know get get a nice flavor going on release all the juices in the chorizo then get the garlic get the vegetables stir fry everything throw a bunch of eggs in there uh let the omelet just cook on no low heat and then uh the side dish was a bit of salad some cherry tomatoes and some pita bread you awesome know, wow yeah yeah old me would be like dude you're eating old me like in the old when i really started getting into bodybuilding and i thought you needed yeah you needed to eat clean whatever that means mm-hmm. you know nowadays but if if you were to tell me you know what you want to eat uh pre-cooked or whatever pita bread i'd probably be like nah man that that's Number one, it's white bread. Number two, uh, I didn't cook it, so I'm not going to eat it, which is, you know, I, I admit it wasn't the best mindset at the time, but it did work. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and again, the, the cool thing about cooking and nutrition is that they're deeply intertwined, right? So you always need to adjust one according to what you're doing uh, with your life. So let's say we're, you know, most of the world hopefully is staying indoors, not moving a lot, not having a lot of daily steps. And even with your daily training sessions, unless you're pretty much training the whole day, you're not going to expend a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. What that right. means is, you know, you probably don't need to eat as much. And I've noticed this, and we were talking about uh, about this before recording the podcast, our eating patterns are all messed up mm-hmm. at the moment. Like I find myself not being hungry and then eating like a pig mm-hmm. and then eating beyond my hunger. Like, yeah on my satiety point and and when you finish a meal you're like what why did i do that you know <laughs> it, it's not uh, yeah go for it bro I, no I yeah thought. yeah i totally agree i mean uh, i also hear stories from some of my athletes again uh, talking about definitely not mindful eating in this period because of course you are slightly depressed about the entire situation the self-isolation so maybe Um, even you know myself I mean I end up like working like for seven consecutive hours skipping meals and then uh, having this erratic eating pattern that we know that doesn't really help in terms of like having consistent energy uh, throughout the day so maybe you skip a meal or two and then you end up eating like a large amount of food in just one sitting and you know that's not great for digestion it's not great for you know stimulating muscle protein synthesis if you want to go into the details it's not great in terms of like um, also you know fat and carbohydrate metabolism um, so it's just like i understand that it's actually very difficult uh, because of course uh, we live in a kind of surreal situation but maintaining a good uh, meal frequency uh, consistent uh, distribution of uh, meals and feedings throughout the day I think is is very important and uh, I would say like particularly for a plant-based athlete that tends to have uh, naturally more fiber in um, his or her meals uh, so you know if you end up like eating like two meals mm-hmm. in one you end up with like a large amount of fiber and then of course this is going to compromise also the absorption all the other nutrients so like small meals without going like to the other extreme of like bodybuilders eating like nine meals a day because probably we don't need that especially now that we're basically staying staying at home you know not doing uh, so much of physical activity but uh, three four meals a day uh, you know regularly distributed throughout the day is best in terms of like uh, maintaining also um, a good metabolism and also, you know, trying to avoid lethargy that <laughs> can, uh, of course, be like a consequence of like a large meal uh, or eating a lot of food in just one sitting. Yeah, I mean, definitely. And, uh, you know, one of the points you touched on, which I really agree, is that is what is considered optimal. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the funny thing is we're in a suboptimal situation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, therefore, I think it's completely fine if we need to adapt our patterns. Mm-hmm. And even though we know what could be optimal for us, or maybe we used to do things in a more optimal way, right now I think we need to consider, like you said, everything that's going on, whether it's stress, anxiety, 
not having access to food. So all of these things they'll have an impact on how we're eating. Um, and again, th- the main take-home message here is that it's okay that you don't have the same habits as you did or if you're eating you know, foods that you wouldn't go for typically on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wanna, yeah. One other thing also that I experienced by you know chatting with my, my athletes and, and my followers is that because now we are sitting most of the time and we don't definitely have a, a expenditure, energy expenditure as we used to, many mm. people go to, you know, intermittent fasting or really fasting the entire day. And uh, of course, I mean, uh, fasting is okay, but it really depends on your own personality and psychological type as well. Uh, because this can actually lead to a lot of eating disorders because maybe you're forcing yourself to eat less because uh, mm. you feel the need of doing it. But then uh, right after you know the, the fasting window, you become ravenous and uh, <laughs> yeah. eat actually twice the amount of food that you will eat normally in a day. So I would say that even in order to maintain um, kind of a consistency and trying to you know maintain yourself in balance, it's always a good idea to just follow um, kind of a consistent eating pattern um, even throughout this quarantine. It's all about, you know, creating new habits, new routine, and also, you know, nutrition and uh, your meal frequency and meal distribution should actually be a way to really, uh, you know, determine uh, your your eating pattern and uh, just follow some consistency in order to maintain homeostasis instead of, like, cycling carbohydrates and mm-hmm. i mean that yeah. stuff is 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 okay and uh you know like uh maybe a competitive athlete or someone more serious can do that but again there's time and time to adopt these strategies and probably mm. i will say that uh, considering the uh, the emergency situation we're in uh, the best way is like to you know keep consistent uh, meal distribution and eating pattern throughout the day uh, so that you you maintain the same level of energy, uh, you don't get stressed out because maybe you're starving, but you have to wait for another couple of hours before uh, you know start eating and uh, you know uh, finishing your fasting window. Yeah, um, I don't know what what do you think. I mean, I think that's that makes a lot of sense. You know, I'm actually getting hungry from all this food talk. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, it's perfect timing now. Yeah, but yeah, but you know, it it takes. It takes one to know one. What I mean by that is you need to know yourself and what you respond best to. Mm-hmm. So if fasting is not for you, then, you know, why try it now? Like some people, uh, like we, we talked about, I've, I've been seeing a lot of ads and advocates. Like this is the perfect time to go keto, to lose all that fat. And, you know, but why? <laughs> why though? Because yeah. once, once this is over... You know, hope hopefully you will get back to your old routine. So, again, I'll give you another example that I probably was like, there's a 30 day challenge, uh, 30 day challenge to track your macros. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, for some people that can be great. For some people that can really make the difference and uh, encourage them to go like, oh, this is what I'm actually eating. Damn. <laughs> and then they'll, you know, adjust accordingly. But for some people especially people, uh, let's say like us, that already have a bit of you know, knowledge and pretty mm-hmm. much have an intuition of how they're eating. Like tracking macros for me right now would be just adding stress. Yeah. Because uh, I'd be like, ah, shit, this wasn't optimal. Or, ah, dude, you know, I'm not getting as much as I thought I'd be. And that's why I think you should really focus on what works best for you. Mm-hmm. And I've know, I know we, we talked about a lot of different things here, but some good recommendations that I think could help now if the goal is to, if you're worried about gaining fat, it's probably number one, the the portion size you're mm-hmm. serving yourself. I agree. So again, yesterday I had one portion for dinner and I was good. I noticed that there was a little bit left over and I thought, you know what, I'm just going to go and get mm-hmm. a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Next, like, next second, I was already eating a second full portion. <laughs> and when I finished, I was like, you know what? I baked the cake during this afternoon. I'm pretty sure the cake, you know, would taste good now just to finish it all off. Yeah. And I ate the cake as well. And now if you ask me, okay, do you regret it? Absolutely not. It was delicious. 
but in terms of if my goal was to if I was really worried about you know maintaining or even losing fat I'd probably like you know I was not hungry after the first portion so if I waited about 10-15 minutes or if I went to make a cup of tea I'd probably forget that I was hungry at all and I wasn't so that's one of the things I'd say is definitely watch out for portions Mm -hmm. and number two when you cook something, again, I might contradict myself now, but when you cook something, if you cook a little bit extra, then you can, you know, store the leftovers for a day that, you know, a typical quarantine Netflix and chill day where you don't want to do anything and you just want, you know, easy access to food. Well, guess what? Go to the fridge, take it off of the fridge, put it in the microwave and you have a home cooked meal ready to go. Yeah, um, I agree. And some, yeah, and sometimes that's an easy, easy solution to to stay in progress. Mm-hmm. But again, um, like you were saying, it's all about minimizing stress right now. And so, if if you do want to have a pizza, like we were saying at the beginning of the podcast, go have yourself a pizza. <laughs> that's right. I absolutely, totally agree. And uh, you know, there's nothing wrong about pizza. It's not just because I'm Italian. It's just like <laughs> sometimes it's like people get confused because they of course they categorize pizza as like a bad food like dirty eating pizza is the uh, devil's food yeah that's right no carbs after six and stuff like that <laughs> well in, in reality in reality is not just the pizza per se you know if you have like a normal <laughs> tomato pizza maybe with some cheese or even like some some veggies on top of it that's not like a, a great amount of calories that you're you're putting into your body the problem is when you start adding a lot of toppings that are very fatty. So it's like the combo of carbohydrates, you know, from, mm. you know, the pita dough and all the toppings that you put on top of it. Because if you go for like a marinara, that is basically just tomato and pita dough and oregano and some garlic, then you can literally have that type of pizza literally every week without any problem. Because, you know, again, if you're physically active and uh, if mm. your um, body fat level uh, is actually uh, in normal range then that is almost just like 100 grams of carbs in in one meal that is pretty normal you know for an athlete or someone who does some sort of physical activity and I totally agree also with you about the macro counting uh, thing uh, it, it's definitely like probably a good idea for, for people who have never done it before just to have an idea of what they're actually, uh, you know, consuming on a on a regular basis, and maybe like also uh, make a comparison between now and uh, what they used to eat before, uh, just to have an idea maybe the first week of what they're eating every week. But then uh, I, I would definitely uh, recommend uh, you know stop counting the macros and maybe use some strategies to basically consume food uh, by you know consuming like smaller portions so what i do for instance like now i used to have like uh, 500 grams of rice uh, just like a, a really a, an example like 500 grams of rice it may be like two or three meals mm-hmm. uh, now that basically i'm sitting most of the time and just like doing some physical activity every day but i'm not doing the twenty thousand steps a day as i used to do <laughs> Damn, uh, and, yeah. you know like when i was walking to the university and going mm. to all these different trainings in different parts of london i'm not doing this anymore so maybe those that that packet of rice um is not gonna finish in just like two or three portions but it's gonna be like four or five portions so now what, what i do is like when i go for grocery shopping i still buy the same pack of rice but then I know that it will last me for, you know, five, four or five portion instead of two or three. Mm. And it's okay. So my portion size is going to be smaller. Uh, you know, I basically change also my bowl instead of having like my massive bowl mm. that I yeah. basically cram with a lot of food. Now I have it like a baby bowl and uh, it's fine. You know, I just like my eyes is uh, satisfied because uh, I see like a full bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I know that it's uh, not as big as the, the previous one but because uh, <laughs> I say that it's full then I say okay that, that's actually a good portion but I'm eating definitely less than before especially when it comes to ca- carbohydrates because of course I mean as we know that you know we need to cycle them and uh, you know of course they go up and down in terms of intake depending on uh, the level of activity and uh, uh, the training intensity I'm not training I'm not moving as much as before 
so you know my carbs intake is definitely lower compared to uh, previously I don't know if it's the same for you yeah yeah definitely I was just uh, you know finding it funny that you said you switched to smaller bowl but yeah. it's still okay so I'm guessing size doesn't really matter um, <laughs> but yeah, but just... it is true like uh, th that works for me as well if I switch to a smaller plate I'll notice that I'll be happy with the portion I'm eating uh, whereas if I have a bigger plate, I'll probably, you know, do a bit of an effort to, you know, clean the plate. Absolutely. I need everything. Um, I can tell you, I mean, this works. I mean, even when I uh, go for like contest preps uh, the last 12 weeks before stepping on stage, uh, sometimes I use like chopsticks uh, to, to eat my food or, you know, a teaspoon instead of like a tablespoon. Uh, mm. By slowing down the you know the process of eating the food in your plate and using like smaller portions or smaller bowls, you know, can definitely help a lot in terms of like really uh, enjoying the food while you're eating instead of like, uh, just, like gorging gorging <laughs> gorging the food down without even yeah. thinking what you're doing. It's all about mindful eating rather than mm. uh, just like yeah, binge eating or eating without thinking about what you're doing. Yeah, amen. And uh, you got me thinking as well, like liquid calories. Mm. Are, you know, usually they're great if you're trying to gain weight, if you're trying to pack mm -hmm. on muscle, and you need to get those calories in. Uh, if you need that extra protein, get a protein shake. And again, protein shakes are pretty good right now, uh, especially because you know protein is going to help you with satiety. Mm -hmm. So I find that if you don't have access to snacks and you do have well, whey protein at home, you know. A good protein shake at, in the middle of the afternoon is pretty good uh, to keep you from being hungry and yep. to also get some good protein in. But that's off topic. I was just thinking for the people that don't really cook at home and they would rather have a shake, you know, what what the science tells us is that you're, you're probably going to end up feeling hungrier sooner than if you had sit down and actually had, you know, solid food. And like you were saying sometimes we eat so fast that even though we're no longer hungry our body still hasn't gotten the message mm -hmm. you know if that makes sense totally uh so that's why i find that you know cooking does help in that regard number one you know what you're cooking you know what you're gonna get for me it's relaxing i'm, I'm sure a lot mm -hmm. of people would disagree uh and then when you sit down to actually eat it's like I'm going to use the analogy that my brain is thinking of. It's like cooking is a battle and you're a warrior, right? And you're you're fighting to get all of that flavor and you're mm -hmm. fighting to get it done. Mm -hmm. And once you sit down, it's like you've won. You can ascend to Valhalla, show the gains, and eat the food. Enjoy it. Yeah, beautiful, yeah. man. Beautiful, beautiful analogy. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I love it. I love it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, and also going back to what you were saying before, then uh, automatically, like um, vegetable and fruit becomes more interesting in terms of giving yeah. flavor. You know, maybe renounce it to the piece of cake or the cake every day and have like a piece of fruit instead of it. And uh, yeah. you know, vegetables as well for fiber. Uh, you know, in order to slow down the digestion and uh, make sure that um, you feel full for longer instead of just relying on uh, liquid food. So like by even right. adding some flax seeds or pumpkin seeds or, you know, some uh, some frozen spinach to your smoothie uh, and uh, your protein powder, you can have like a very thick protein smoothie that is uh, very, uh, I mean, delicious and very fulfilling as well. And mm. you have those, those fiber that is gonna help, you know, to slow down uh, the, digestion, the digestion process and uh, you know, just make sure that you're not feeling angry after half an hour of uh, drinking yeah. protein shake. <laughs> and you get that thick, nice thick shake. Love it. Yeah, I don't like I don't like the liquid shake. I hate that. Yeah. I, yeah. I like like very. I, that's Smoothie why I put like. a lot of like yeah blueberry uh, when I yeah. used to find blueberries like frozen blueberries mm. uh, because I like it very chill like cold cold yep. smoothie. And then uh, you know some it needs to be thick. So you know <laughs> yeah, either like. Weetabix <laughs> or you know Man, lax, some seeds. Yeah, 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 definitely. And with vegan protein, it's actually easier because um, if you use like rice or pea protein, they naturally uh, get like more foaming and uh, you know thick. 
in terms of consist consistency compared to the, the whey protein that are more liquid. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry I laughed there, but uh, I remember when we went to that cafe and uh, you uh, got yeah. asked if you wanted some, what was it, pea, no piss, no pea yeah, protein? Like, was sprout, like, like, the, like it was like a pea milk. Uh, pea, peas, piss milk? Piss like, milk? Yeah, piss milk, yeah, piss peas milk, piss milk. Yeah, that's what she said, yeah. Yeah, if you want some piss milk with your coffee, and we're like, what? Please don't piss on my coffee. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she was so serious. I mean, like, very, yeah, 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 yeah. It was like, it's very totally confident. normal. You're, <laughs> totally you're the enough. weird one. <laughs> oh, that was good. I love that, yeah, the piss milk. <laughs> the piss coffee. Uh, yeah, but um, again, you know, you're saying about eating less carbs is because we don't need as many carbs. Mm. A great way to do that is adding more vegetables and yeah. like in in your recipes mm -hmm. uh for instance i like to do this i open my fridge i go like okay i've got this and that and a bit of that what happens if i throw it all in in a big wok and i stir fry it and then i add maybe if i still feel like i need uh, some extra food i'll add some rice uh at the end like separately i'll cook some rice or maybe some sweet potato or something and then you know always think about how to get that protein because mm -hmm. again we know the benefits of protein mm -hmm. um so it like i said it it, it can be a, a funny game mm. and i'm i'm thinking that some people might be like yeah you guys talked a lot about food but i still don't know what the, should i do to actually get some some food going on I, you know at the end of the day i'd probably say be creative mm. but what works uh, works for me and you know a basis a uh, base of the mediterranean diet i'm not sure if it's the mediterranean diet but i do know it's uh here in portugal always start with a bit of uh, a fat if you want or if you want uh you can use an unsticking pan or and cut out the fat but i like to start with a bit of fat and when i say a bit it's not the whole damn thing it's just a bit of fat and then usually depending on what i'm cooking uh, I'll throw in some garlic and onion. If I'm doing vegetables, you can bet that those two will be there because I think it's just match made in heaven. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then once you have that base, that you know veggie, uh, super tasty base, you can add your protein, uh, which could be like pulses from beans, vegetables, eggs. I'm sure a lot of you have uh, probably stocked up on canned food like tuna or perhaps even I've cooked pasta with canned sardines the other week which is something i would never have done in you know previously because as a portuguese man like canned sardines are not a thing mm -hmm. eat the you eat them fresh or you don't eat them um it was really good and mm -hmm. i learned you know this actually works so going back to that you have your vegetables find your protein sources if you don't know where to find protein sources there's an awesome thing very very recent but i do love it it's called google you can go there and type protein sources. Yeah. And it's so cool that it actually shows you foods that are good examples of protein. Mm -hmm. Avocados are not there, though. No. no. Avocado, <laughs> mango, pineapple. Banana not. is a great source of protein, though. Yeah. There's yeah. like 100 grams of protein in one banana. At least that's what I heard on Wikip uh, Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, for people that are, are like me, like plant-based or, you know, they eat like a vegan um, diet so they exclude all the animal products I mean you get protein also from other sources like legume pulses uh, you know nuts and seeds um, so like just to give example instead of like uh, you know referring to, to the literature and what is written in the books I mean uh, for, for me uh, at the moment it's just like a matter of um, you know combining different protein sources so uh, instead of like uh, having to think as I used to, uh, like when I prepare my meal, like, uh, oh, I need to get some carbs and then uh, a protein source and then some fat sources. I basically look at uh, products and produce and ingredients as um, basically the perfect ratio of all the macronutrients. So if you take like, for instance, chickpeas, uh, they have a perfect ratio of carbohydrates, fiber, fat, and protein and then if I combine them maybe with some seeds that can be like pumpkin seeds that have the full amino acid spectrum so mm -hmm. they basically have all the nine uh, essential amino acids with then maybe also some uh, you know vegetables like broccoli or spinach uh, and so that you get also some nice micronutrients and then uh, you can add also some uh, uh, additional grains that could be like quinoa again another pseudo grain that 
mm. has all the nine essential amino acids or even rice. So, you know, basically in that bowl, and I do a lot of Buddha bowls, so I put everything together in one single uh, baby bowl now. Uh, oh. <laughs> yeah. So basically you have like a complete uh, amino acid profile and uh, you still get, uh, you know, I still managed to get like 30, 35 grams of protein uh, per single uh, meal that is perfect in, in terms of like uh, stimulating protein protein synthesis um, considering that I'm still and I, I hope I can uh, you know also get out of this quarantine with this weight I'm still like a 83 kilos uh, guy uh, so the idea is like trying to distribute your protein feedings and uh, your meals throughout the day consistently and mm. uh, trying to be creative uh, also with your food without you know considering and classifying them as protein food carbs food and fat food but also look at the natural ingredients and look at you know their nutritional values and combine them in uh, delicious dishes and then of course what like what i like can be completely different from uh, you know someone else what miguel mm -hmm. likes so like yeah. for instance i like curry so i do mm. a lot of like stir fry with curry mm -hmm. powder mm -hmm. turmeric where I put again chickpeas or you know seeds and coconut milk and then you know maybe my girlfriend likes something different so another night we we do like another stir fry or another buddha bowl with different ingredients mixing apples so tempeh tofu um at the moment we're still able to get some tempeh from a local company here shout out to better nature <laughs> that hmm. are supplying, uh, you know, uh, tempeh and, uh, you know, tempeh is great as a fermented soybean. So even like uh, easier digestion, you don't have the same amount of phytate than uh, soybeans. Um, hmm. So you get also a better absorption of the protein from that. And uh, I think that I don't know if it was for you as well, but what I do is like in order to break the monotony and stop eating the same stuff, over and over again, I basically select some of my favorite dishes for breakfast, mm. for the main meals, and also for snacks. And then I rotate them throughout the week. So I know that, for instance, for breakfast, I like my porridge with chia seeds and uh, vegan protein. Uh, or maybe another time I do smoothie. Uh, another time I do pancake with uh, chickpea flour and maybe some nut spread. Uh, then for the main meals, I go for stir fries or Maybe I cook some tempeh on the grill uh, and use some molasses to make it tastier or maybe some coconut oil uh, to make it crispy. And then, uh, you know, snacks, I do like kale chips or, you know, I go for like uh, roasted chickpeas or nuts. Mm. You know, yeah. it's just a matter of, again, everyone is different. Everyone has different, um, you know, taste. It's just a matter of identifying those dishes and then... Uh, with some meal prep as well, so that you have the ingredients ready. So the rice, as you were saying, like cook like a big bowl of rice so that it's ready uh, to make your your portion for the day, mm -hmm. or even like tempeh and stuff. So, and, and just like rotating these, uh, these dishes throughout the week uh, so that you get like good nutritional values. And also at the same time, you can uh, satisf satisfy your, your taste. Yeah, that was beautiful. <laughs> I loved it. Yeah, man. I mean, you knocked it out of the park. Said everything. Yeah, I mean, what what I like is like is not that I like to be like super prescriptive and uh, follow a plan also with my my diet, especially now. But I like to kind of a eighty percent of my diet to to be around those um, those those type of ingredients uh, mm. that I know they are best for me for my goals um, i just want to make sure that uh, the ratio of carbohydrate protein and fat is on point in order to achieve my objectives and then of course of, I, I i i'm not like a machine i like to also add mm. a pizza or you know some stuff that i really like or what is probably labeled as dirty food here and <laughs> there just yeah. to to, man, to to you know get my diet more sustainable uh, yeah, for yeah, the longer yeah. term that's extremely important and this is also what i recommend to my my athlete i mean don't uh, just stick with the same ingredients uh play with the ingredients that you like uh, mm. and try to be creative in the kitchen but at the same time allow also you know that piece of cake that muffin that you know pizza or you know i don't know even like uh, some fried food if you like 
in order to um, just make sure that your diet is sustainable in the long term. Yeah, for sure. I mean, number one, I'm going to probably cook some curry now that you mentioned it Woo! for lunch. Yeah. Lovely. Number two, I mean, you're dead on when you say that you shouldn't, you know, just look at foods as nutrients. I mean, just as proteins, carbs, and fats. Mm-hmm. I I think that's one of the – it's usual, in, especially in the bodybuilding industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, you know, for, for a good reason, I think, because when you're trying to reach an objective, you need to know the tools you have. So it, it makes sense given the context. But at the end of the day, it's also very – very much about food is a lot more than just nutrients and it's also good for the soul if you can say that yeah absolutely. uh so i mean that that's the main thing main take-home message here is be creative and don't beat yourself up if you do end up you know eating ice cream uh 30 minutes after your fasting window <laughs> or maybe you know getting that pizza Maybe getting that fried chicken because I know I sure did last week. <laughs> it's um, <laughs> the frango, frango, right? Frango yeah, in Portuguese. Yeah. Yeah. Frango. Yeah. Frank. Um, yeah, I mean, I've made my peace that probably my body composition won't be exactly the same as it was uh, when I was training and when I was, you know, taking more control, having more control of my diet. But I also know that, you know, again, being very philosophical here good things come to an end but so do bad things Mm -hmm. so eventually one day all of this is going to be a distant memory and we'll be all happily strolling in the park contemplating our gains after a good training session and we'll be back to what we were or even better because that's how life goes right and you know some people might be stressing the fuck out right now and you know i was too but i think the cool thing about the human mind is that it adapts and I'm starting to adapt to this lifestyle. It doesn't mean that I enjoy it. It just means that I'm becoming more aware of my current limitations in terms of training and dieting. Mm-hmm. And that's perfectly fine. Uh, it, it gives you time. I mean, we do have the masters and work, especially you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, yeah, dude, one day at a time, cook something different. And Try to have do some fun. double bicep at the Regent's Park again. You know, yeah, yeah. Bare naked. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I'll have a leaf covering my my nuts. That's what I can say on the podcast. I mean, I've already said a lot of swear words, but you know. <laughs> no, it's good. I mean, I think that the key takeaway message as well is like that. You know, people should consider this uh, self isolation, coronavirus apocalypse. Um, you know, uh, lockdown at home, not just as a standby period but probably also as an opportunity to pick up new routines, you know, start enjoying cooking, meal prepping, um, try to pay more attention also uh, to what they're eating, uh, understanding more, um, you know, about nutrition. And uh, I think that it's not just like a standby period where we basically have to go over this um, apocalypse and then uh, finally we're going to be able to do uh, what we used to do. I mean, uh, we can actually take also this period as a as an opportunity to kind of uh, uh, reframe our priorities and maybe actually work out the best way to maintain our gains and uh, you know get healthier eating habits that we can actually also prolong when we get out of here, when uh, you know it's time to uh, go back to the university and go back to the normal life normal life yeah yeah it's funny how things change you know mm. we were talking about it so quickly Gu- yeah guys like us we can't go uh without skipping a training session usually oh we we definitely like to have control over our diets and we like to get shit done usually spend some time outside you know because the sun is cool and all <laughs> uh and suddenly life is like you know what i'm gonna close down your gyms i'm also gonna make sure that you can't buy any gym equipment or any kettlebells mm-hmm. i'm also gonna limit access to your food uh and you know what just for the fun of it stay indoors and don't go out you piece of <laughs> and uh it's, it's normal that your brain goes like oh god what the f- is going on yeah. man i don't know so yeah now that you know things are calming down and we're getting back not back but adapting within the circumstances mm-hmm. um it feels a bit 
a bit better, I'd say. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel as heavy, you know, in terms of that pressure. Sure. At least, yeah. Yeah, the body, the body and the mind can adapt, and uh, I think that is always a good idea to just like maintain a, a positive mindset uh, because uh, we still don't know when it's gonna finish. So you know, yeah. even if we're adapting and just like trying to think about it, not just as a something that uh, you know soon will be over, uh, but trying to also leverage the spirit, as I say, like trying to be positive and also learning new things and um, try to you know carry on pursuing your your objectives even in these particular conditions mm, yeah have you read the um, the alchemist the yes book? Yeah, yeah yeah dude uh i started reading it like this week almost done with it mm. it's, it's, it's got tons of great life lessons especially in this moment oh yeah that's uh true. yeah yeah i mean we could go on about you know have a full episode just dedicated yeah. to lessons in that Why book not? Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, that's if we can get an episode where both of us can go full philosophical mode, you know, count me in. Love it. Uh, but yeah, for today, I think we've covered a lot of topics, actually. I'm, mm. I'm quite happy with how this turned out. Nice. And um, actually quite hungry as well. So yeah. thinking about making some curry. Oh, today I have like black beans. I'll probably make black bean curry if that's even a thing nice. add some coconut oil add some um whatever i have in my fridge make it work if tomato or you know some tomatoes you know what I'm i do have yeah yeah, yeah tomato tomato potato potato <laughs> got it all <laughs> i'm gonna do some uh, grilled tempeh today yeah i'm just gonna you know maybe with coconut oil and some spices and mm. uh, uh, tons of veggies nice. some spanish chorizo <laughs> no thanks <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean that. That's also the other thing. I mean, uh, I you know now more than ever uh, try to avoid also like processed food, uh, mm. and you know I think it's also one of the key takeaway message of today. Just like just trying to put more effort in uh, preparing your own meal instead of like yeah. getting uh, takeaways or buying stuff from the supermarkets. Just like spend some time so so you know exactly what type of ingredients are in, in the food you're eating. Yeah, yeah. Invest in yourself. Yeah, it's gonna, you know, pay, pay in the, the the long term. Absolutely, absolutely. Apply more effort. Yeah, spaghetto. Yeah, then in Italy, in Italy they don't have the ghetto; they have the spaghetto. <laughs> and once you go in, it's like pasta, 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 pasta. Instead okay. of pasta, pasta, know, pasta, pasta. That's a dad joke. That's the last dad joke you're gonna hear from me today. Good. Have a have a good day, man. And uh, guys, uh, see you next episode. Peace. Yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. Peace out. Bye.